This, this, this is Fight Disciples. We are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk with Adam Catterall. Welcome to podcast episode 295. We are the Fight Disciples and this is dedicated to the world of boxing. Hope you are well. Thank you very much for coming along to join us. And if this is the first time you join us, please hit subscribe. Honestly, you won't regret it. You can get it on iTunes. You're looking for Fight Disciples. And if you need an Android feed, fightdisciples.com is our website. All stuff's on there, including feeds to our Instagram and Twitter. But if you want uh, uh, an avatar or a handle to get stuck into, at Fight Disciples on Facebook and Twitter and at The Fight Disciples on Instagram. There you go. There's many reasons to hate on Canelo, but boxing is not one of them. I think that might even be the title of the show. Because let's be honest, the lad's... Fucking big title, huh? The lad's a dickhead, isn't he? You know what I mean? We can't fall in love with him because of all the drugs. We can't fall in love with him because of all the dodgy scorecards that have happened in his career up and down the years. But at the end of the day, when it comes to actual boxing, if you're, go- if you're going to teach your kid boxing, if you want to make them fall in love with the sweet science of the sport, just go and watch the first six rounds of the fight against Danny Jacobs at the weekend. It was an absolute masterclass. In fact, I was sat there thinking to myself, it can't be a shutout. It can't be a 121-08. It can't be. This just does this this is not what we t- fight. This is just not what happen. we predicted in the show. We're gonna look like an absolute set of weapons. Come on, Danny, fight a little bit. And to be fair to him, the second half of the fight, he made it competitive. Yeah. He didn't for me do anywhere near enough to turn the fight on its head and get himself a decision, I thought Canelo won quite comfortably. My card said 116-112. I don't know where you're at, but I thought it was quite comfortable for Canelo in the end. Yeah, I thought it was a wider than the, the two rounds. I think Dave Caldwell said he agreed with the two judges that it by two rounds. Carl it, Frosch, it is, it is, the it, legend that is oh, Carl Frosch. mate, what fight was he watching? A draw. <laughs> no, no, no. What he said was this, right? He goes... Yeah, I've got it 115-115, but I'd probably go with Canelo. What? <laughs> How the fuck did you do that? You've scored it a draw. You can't just go, eeny, meeny, miny, more, Carl. What are you yeah. doing, lad? He's a fucking legend, isn't he? To be fair. The best, oh. Did you see a bit of the commentary when he was like, yeah, you know, I was I was with, um, who was he talking about? He was with? Miguel Cotto. Cotto. When he was bench like, pressing. We, we were hitting iron. You know, I was just hitting 250 bench press as you do. <laughs> 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 fucking genius. And then Caldwell picked up on it later on as well. I'm yeah. Like, yeah, I believe that about as much as I believe Carl benches 250. Yeah. yeah. He benches 250, does big Carl Frotch. To be fair, all week Frotch has been amazing. Like Class. trolling everybody, saying that he's coming back out of retirement to have a bit of a knock with... <laughs> Uh, George Groves maybe doing it in Las Vegas. Well, there's a, there's a fighter from Liverpool called Anthony Grice that looked like he'd gone out there with all the boys, looked like someone stagged there and he'd gone over for the Canelo fight. And his Facebook was just a wash of the MGM pool party and he's like, look who's with us! And it's just like Frotch just hanging out with them on the, on the ale all day. Loved top, it. Top lad. Good lad. He, he was brilliant all week. But that, the way he scored that fight, I don't even know what fight he was watching. No. And then to say at the end of it, yeah, probably, you know, edge towards Canelo after I've scored it a draw. <laughs> All right, Adelaide Bird, calm yourself down. No, I no. thought it was wide, mate. 116, 112 was good for me. Was good. I don't like, I don't like agreeing with you, obviously, because it no, makes, you makes the boring it. fucking boring listening, doesn't it? But I, I do agree. I had Canelo pissing it, to be honest with you. At times, I was just like, this just isn't happening. This just isn't the fight I thought it was going to be. I thought... My my worst fear was Dan, Daniel Jacobs' moment, and I said it on last week's show, was against Triple G in New York, mm. the aftermath of the cancer scare, everything else. That was his moment to become a world champion. And while he was up for this fight, and he, and he had a few moments in this fight, you know, it was it's kind, kind of typified with one moment in the fight where he lands six, he throws a six-punch combination, which kind of land, but kind of don't. They don't land. And then Canelo just rolls out of it and, and, and hits him with a left hook, which is beautiful. And, you know... That was the frustrating thing because you're like, 
where is Canelo at right now in terms of pound we, pound? Uh, no, are we now in? Are we now in the the money Mayweather era? Yeah. Yes, he's the number one pound for pound. Yes, he's the star. Yeah. Is this the moment where we start going? Wow, defensively, he's just amazing. Wow, yeah. his output is yeah, just they... amazing. Wow, he doesn't waste anything. He doesn't. He doesn't go toe to toe anymore because he doesn't need to. Now it's all about the sweet science. Now yeah. we've got to appreciate him because. I, I, I don't want that at the top. I want my guy at the top to be fucking letting hands go. Like, we're going to talk about Baterbiev, and that, now he's not. He's my, every time he fights, he becomes my favourite light heavyweight again. Yeah. Because he's fucking just gung go. He just throws he gets, his hands. He gets tagged. He gets tagged. He throws his hands. He's great. He's entertaining. Yeah. Whereas Canelo in this fight, I think Jacobs would have gone. If he'd have gone, come on then, centre the ring, let's go. Jacobs was gagging for that, obviously. But Canelo didn't do it at no point. He was marked. He was measured. He was, he was brilliant. He was simply brilliant. But I don't like this either of Canelo. That's where oh, we are. Does it. He's the only people. If you notice, know, the only people he knocks out these days are Brits. That's the only people he knocks out are yeah, Brits. Yeah. Everybody else is going the distance and getting a measured, marked performance. I don't know, man. I, I want to see him move up now because I want to see a Brit knock him out. For the first time at the weekend, I watched it without hating on him because for two years. Since the drugs thing, mm-hmm. since the dodgy first card with Triple G, when I thought Triple G won that fight, yep. there's been a bit of sourness in my mouth towards Canelo. So, of course, if you listen to this show on a regular basis, I make no apologies for being biased. I am, at the end of the day, and I've been biased towards him over the last two years, hating on him. And I thought to myself, do you know something? I'm not going to hate on him watching this fight. I'm just going to watch the fight, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to point score it, and I'm going to have a view of it. Like, I don't know any backstories. Mm-hmm. And the first six rounds, mate, I was I was literally getting my cock out and having a wank over it because yeah. it was just like what you've just said. It was the money Mayweather era. He yeah. is turning into that guy. There's, I know that he's been beaten off Mayweather, so there's not that all to sell, I suppose. But he is the uh, the pay-per-view star in the world of boxing right at this moment in time. He's jumped up a level. That second performance against Golovkin, for me, has took him to a whole new level. Because hmm. that second performance, while it was hard to watch because you're like, you cheating fuck. <laughs> <laughs> he was that performance against Golovkin the second time. He beat Golovkin in his own game. Instead of, trying to, instead of trying to beat him off the back foot, he went, fucking come on then. And stepped forward and caught Golovkin on the hop and pressurised Golovkin and won the fight. And won the second fight convincingly. Me, me. So, and then he's just done a number on Daniel Jacobs, who I, be, who I thought probably beat Golovkin yeah, in yeah, New yeah. York. Agreed. So, and he's done a number on Jacobs. Like, I've done a proper number on him. Like, I didn't... I, you know, I didn't have it going down a stretch going, fucking hell, this could swing the other way. Far from it. I'm just like, wow. Canelo's been unreal again. But I hate it because I'm like, you, wait, you didn't get any comeuppance. I hate that. I hate it when cheats get away with it. <laughs> like you got a six-month ban, which was bollocks, and you went and had shoulder surgery. So basically, knee. the ban or the knee surgery, yeah, yeah. It, give you, it did a favour for you. It helped. <laughs> you know what I mean? They say cheaters never prosper. They do, if you're Fucking Mexican hell. and ginger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it was absolutely magnificent, mate. You can't knock that. What do you want to see next, right? Because in the, in the press conference, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> in the press conference afterwards, they named four opponents. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Golovkin part three. Obviously, yeah. I'm all in. Yeah, I'm yeah. all in on Golovkin part three. Just because of the nasty and needleness that's all in there, right? That's what I want a piece of. Golovkin needs to be completely reinvented by a new coach for him to, well, to signed, beat this Canelo. He's with Jonathan Banks now, mm-hmm. who uh, looks after Klitschko. We'll get yeah. to that in a minute or two. So they've named Golovkin three, Andre to become undisputed champion. He was ringside as well. They named Kovalev. Yeah. So what are they thinking? Going to light heavy or asking him to come down to light heavy, yeah. Fuck me. Mm-hmm. Or... They're uh, knocking about a superman weight for a certain scouser called Callum Smith. Bring it on, Anfield. See, I knew that's the one that you wanted. You'll never walk alone. I don't want Anfield. that one. I don't want it. I'm fuck them up. I not you won't. I don't want it. There's a lot of real estate there to chop down in the tree, mate. Exactly similar to similar to what he did with Rocky. There's a lot of torso there. He's just going to smash the living daylights out of that torso, isn't yep. he? Yep. 
Listen, because Callum's been inactive, you forget him with the job he did on George Groves. Absolutely. George Groves is not Canelo. I'm not saying he is Canelo. George Groves had a pop shoulder, mate. Smashed him to bits. Yes, he did. He did beat him, and he beat him fair and square. He did a great jump number on Canelo's made for Callum Smith. They'd have said it. They'd have said it. He's made for him. My days. (laughs) Made for him. Stay away. Don't get involved yet. (laughs) Don't get involved. I personally, for Canelo, would love Triple G3. I know that there's other people that say, now nah, we've seen it, we've done it, let's move on, let's go to something else. Even maybe. Canelo? Even Canelo? Yeah, that, I, well, Canelo wants Andrade for the, yeah. for, to become undisputed. I, th- I, think. I think he'll fight Andrade next. Why, why rush straight in with Golovkin? Plus, Golovkin will want another fight with Jonathan Banks. I don't think he'll want to go straight in with Canelo, even though Golovkin afterwards was saying that was just the fucking well, spot. He's, he's fighting this, what's his name? Steve Rolls or something? Mm-hmm. Steve Rolls-Royce or whatever his bloody name is? So I, I can see Canelo going down the Bubu Andrade route trying to... C- collect all the belts and then they'll go right ring magazine belt on top fight Golovkin for the third time and right here right now I don't think Golovkin's got much of a chance I think Canelo's getting better than better yeah he is you know I think he's just you know technically if he wasn't a drug cheat then he's in the conversation now for me with Terence Crawford and with uh, Lomachenko he's in the conversation no you've he got, isn't you've got, no you've got to judge no, him isn't. for what he's doing in the ring no he isn't you can't judge no, him isn't. for everything that he does outside the ring yeah he's a cheat he's a cheat but in the ring he's fucking amazing He's he's definitely in the top five. Sorry, no. He's not in the top five. He's not in the top five in ten. Yeah, he is in the top five. Sorry. Right then. Is he in the top three? With an asterisk. He's in there, mate. He's in there. I know it. Hate, I know we hate it. I know it. I know it leaves a little bit of fucking lemon in our mouth, right? But he'll he is get his. Top... He'll get his. <laughs> if he comes to Anfield, he'll get his. You mark my words. He won't get his. He'll get his. Come he up. He out jabbed. Look how tall he was outstanding. Look how tall Jacobs is compared yeah. to him, and he out jabbed him. He did, yeah. Bang! Mm-hmm. The way that he just shifts his feet slightly and on the lean pops that left hand yeah. out. It's like, what the fuck? How's he doing he's excellent. that? It, listen, he was he was absolutely excellent, and I, as I say, I think he's getting better. But not not only that, he's gone to such a good level now that the likes of Danny Jacobs, the likes of Golovkin, mm. can't can't stay with him. Can't you know? They, they can't figure him out. And for me, there's times in that fight I'm thinking. Canelo's winning this easy. Mm. He's not even having to push himself. He's in fucking fourth gear, and he's cruising to a unification, and that's frightening. If you're if you're another middleweight in that division, no wonder he's talking about going up to super middle because he wants to test himself. And you know, we knew we knew that the Rocky Fielding fight was a bit of a crab shoot because they'd seen something in Rocky Field and they think he's a weak champion. We'll go up and get that belt. We can say we've done it, but I don't think anyone would go. He was the best super middleweight. You know, he's the best around. There's a lot of super middleweights out there that he can test himself against, namely Callum Smith. And I think if he does go, let's do it properly. I think he'd be crazy to skip over Callum Smith to go to Kovalev, although I do think Kovalev's a wounded animal. Kovalev still has that ability to turn up when it matters. Imagine if he took Kovalev on, though. Fuck me. What's he doing going through these weights like a dose of salts? That's some Mexican meat there for you, son. Exactly, yeah. I was just going to say, it's fucking easy when you're drugged up to the eyeballs, isn't it? Look at you now, look at you. What did you make of uh, Virgil Ortiz Jr. on the undercard, right? Because we've obviously made two big shouts in the lightweight division. This kid's fighting at super lightweight. And uh-huh. at some point, you would think that Tiafimo, my boy, is going to go to 140. And maybe these lads' paths will cross. I'll tell you something. Fucking hell. I, that's the first time I pl- paid proper attention to Virgil Ortiz, right? He was brilliant, mate. Absolutely He's very brilliant. Good. And ruthless as fuck. And yet again, another 21-year-old. Another, from Dallas as well. Were they, what, Same as fucking Mo Walker. What are they doing? There's this this whole twenty. Honestly, it's the Mayweather generation. There's there's a dozen or more twenty one year olds across the planet right now that are fucking absolutely lethal. All of them are around the same weight category. Set the well. world on fire. 
Honestly, if it wasn't for the fact that world boxing is about to implode at some point because they're all getting paid so much money, it's just bonkers. Yeah, yeah. At some stage, it's gonna it's gonna go away. But all these twenty one year olds, mate, fucking hell, the next generation is just gonna be unreal. Mm. In five years' time, we could it. There could be five or six guys all jostling for top spot, jostling for will this guy ever be as good as Lomachenko? We'll talk about um, lightweights and super lightweights and titles and very things. See like that Sam Ali got fucked as well. Yeah, yeah, on the undercard. Mm. Um, John Ryder, where does that come from? Since yeah, that man. contentious uh, defeat to Rocky Fielding, and it was, it was a back and forth fight. Yeah, he has gone on the most amazing streak, and for him to do what he did in that fight at the weekend in Las Vegas, which, with all due respect, John, if you're listening to any team for a bullshit title, there shouldn't be an interim title on that because at the no end of the day, asked. the middle super middleweight champion is active. He's fighting in a couple of weeks. He's yeah. Callum Smith. However, fair play to you, mate. What a performance that was, and. A bit of nastiness as well. A real bit of nice... Now, because I haven't seen that properly at super middleweight from John Ryder at that level before. Mm-hmm. Since he's moved moved into super middleweight, I've yeah. always been worried about... Not worried about it, but I've always questioned, can he whack? Can he bang? Can he put people away? And I'll tell you something, the timing of his shots at the weekend were absolutely superb. He was excellent. Absolutely brilliant. You know, I certainly can't disparage his performance at all. There's a big difference between putting away a full-blown super middleweight like this and putting away a blown-up welterweight like Jamie Cox. Yes. Um... I still think John Ryder's too small for this super middleweight division. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. Think, I think this, but you can't knock the performance of the weekend. No, you can't at all. And he's put himself right in the frame for a world title shot. And, you know, as you say, since the, the defeat of Rocky Field, and he's really been on a, a strong campaign. And now, you know, prior to this fight, I was like, hey, the kid doesn't deserve a world title fight. He's just, he just hasn't beat the right guys. Well, you know, you win an interim belt for whatever it's worth. Not much in my eyes, but... At the end of the day, you're going to America, you're putting in big performances like this at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. That's like a dream. Yeah, It's every fighter's dream to, to go over and make your American debut in Las Vegas on a big undercard. On like a this. Canelo undercard. And fucking put in, a, <laughs> put in a third round stoppage performance and then get a belt raised above your head. That's fucking, that's dream stuff from Hollywood John Ryder, shit. yeah? Yeah. So, listen, Calm Smith still hasn't got an opponent for June the 1st and John Ryder hardly broke a sweat. Has yeah. he not done the deal with Hassan and Dam? They haven't announced it yet, have they? So, everyone's saying it's definitely going to be Hassan and Dam. That's what we're hearing, but nothing's been confirmed yet. I tell you what, if I was team John Ryder, I'd be like, listen, Ed, fucking hell. I'm Just ready. done less than nine minutes there. Put, put us in. World title fight, why not? Mm. Um, at the weekend, it was Chaos Central. I don't know if you managed to catch everything that happened because there was a top rank card that went on as well, which uh, involved uh, Artem Baterbiev, which is now slowly turning into Nick's favourite fighter, mainly because he just doesn't give a fuck. He just no, he goes doesn't. caution to the wind and just has it, yep. which is what we all want at the yep. end of the day. We love that risk. We saw it a couple of weeks ago, didn't we, with Daniel Dubois. That's why we were all fucking getting excited because Dubois just didn't give a shit and he wanted to knock the dude out and was willing to take one to, uh, to land one. But Serbiev does the exact same thing, and there was moments in that fight, I think it was in the third round, he got tagged and you thought, hey, up. Yep. Very similar to his fight with Callum Johnson, you thought, whoa. Mm-hmm. Takes one to land one. But he can bang, mate. And when he when he sniffs that blood, he, he don't give a shit. He's just nope. coming, isn't he? The, the best, well, there's a reason why this fight took place in Stockton, because obviously as MMA fans, the, the Diaz brothers are from Stockton in California, so straight away when you fight in Stockton, you've got to fight like this. It's like, it's like a stipulation. When is you, it? When you, it's in the it's, contract. When you go in, you can't... You defend not, shots with your face. Don't box. This is not boxing, this is fighting. When you're in Stockton, you've got to fight. And fucking Batabia, mate, they had a proper fight. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the way I like why I like Batabia is, he's exciting. He takes shots to land a shot. Um, he doesn't give a fuck. He lets heavy leather go, and he doesn't care what's coming back the other way. 
technically he's quite shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he is. He gets caught flat-footed all the time. He, you know, he, he falls over his feet a lot. He falls over his punches. But he believes in his power. But he believe, 100% believes in his power. And he's got he's got TNT in both hands. <laughs> and he's just like, fuck it, man. And like, I'd hate to be... When you, th- when you look at some boxers and you think, man, I'd hate to be his pad, man. Yeah. I'd hate to be his pad man. I'd hate to be Dave Caldwell right now taking Chisora on the pads. There's never a light it's all session. Assholes and elbows. There's never like, a light session with Baterbiev, is uh, there? Baterbiev must just punch someone's yeah. arms off. He's not going for a shakedown, is he? Just a, just a little sweat session, but uh, just does, just doesn't happen. Just doesn't happen. There's none of that fucking ten punch combination <laughs> yeah, yeah. combos. He's not doing some Sunday, is no, he? No, there's no Sunday <laughs> shit going on in Batavia's camp, camp at all. It's just some poor bastard holding on for dear life. <laughs> Imagine having the body belt on, they go and just do just do five rounds with the, with the fucking Batavia's day. Arthur wants to do five rounds. Put that body belt on. You'd be like, fuck off. <laughs> Get in with him. You messing, aren't you? Trying to chop down a tree with every punch. <sighs> but. Uh, that all said, I thought the referee was fucking scandalous in this fight. In I the Batavia fight? Yeah, I thought Kaladzic, mate. You don't stop a man on his feet, for fuck's sake. He was getting fucked up. Mate. I don't care. You <laughs> His job is to protect the fighters I at all time. I don't care, Adam. Mate, he was I don't get... care, Adam. He was getting fucked up. He was landing clean. Just because the kid hadn't timbered yet, he was landing clean. And he'd been landing clean since the first belt. You've just said, right, the man's an animal. And he just, he's, an animal. he's throwing TNT. And every time he was landing, he was hurting the kid. Yes, he stopped him whilst he was on his feet, but the referee's job is to protect the fighter. I had no problem with the stoppage because he was getting messed up. Stoppage was fucking outrageous. Right, because you wanted to see, but you were full no. on. You were giving it full Game of Thrones. Listen, Kaladzic has been a pro for nine years. He's had 24 wins, one defeat prior to finally getting his world title fight. He's knocked out 17 of his 24. Did he complain? This is his moment. Did he complain? He will have done in the aftermath. Did, At the time, he didn't mate. know what day it was, so no, he didn't. Right, exactly. <laughs> he didn't know what day it was. He was getting messed up. Nah, man. Listen, so this is the world title. This is as good as... What do you want? Kaladjic might, ne- might never, ever fight for a world title again. Mm. He might never, ever get here again. And he will look back and go, stop on my feet, man. At least give me a chance. Let, let me go. He knows, the, he knows the dangers of going. He's a puncher. You never know. You know, it was not like he'd never hit Batebiev during the whole fight. He's catching him. Yeah, yeah. And a big puncher. Sometimes if Batebiev smells blood and goes, "Fuck it, let's get him out of here," because the referee's not stopping it. Does something misses with one or two. Kalajic catches him down the pipe. The fight goes the other way. You just don't know. I just think, especially with punchers, and it wasn't like Kalajic was get okay. He was getting beat up. But he wasn't on the floor four times. No. You know what I mean? He wasn't fucking no, no, picking no, no, himself no. up. The, the corner weren't picking up the towel and all that shit. So for that reason, I'm not, listen, I'm old school, me. I think once you get to a world title, like Crawler the other week, it was fucking horrible seeing Crawler face plant the canvas against Lomachenko. Of course it was. I, knew, I know the kid. I've known him 15, 20 years. It was horrible to watch. But I would much rather see that in at this stage in his career than a premature stopped end. up against the ropes, premature ending, because there is no tomorrow. It's a world title fight. This is the Champions League final for Kaladzic. It's took him nine years to get an opportunity to fight Batabia for the world title. And you stop him on his feet. Come on. Not into it, me. Okay. okay. It's not for me, that. Ned Stark here. Even the third, because <laughs> he got knocked down the third, didn't he? But he took a knee. He took a knee in the third round. He never got blasted over. He took a Whoa, that's a big shot. Okay, I'll have a knee. Do you know what I mean? Then in the fifth round, he gets stopped on his feet. That's not for, Not in a world title fight. Get, get jacking. Jack, who did fucking Lomachenko Crawler, who did uh, Fury versus Wilder. He should re- he should speak to all the refs and go, listen, Lads. world title fight, took him 10 years to get here, give him a chance, let him get, let him go out on his shield. 
Um, on the undercard, by the way, mm-hmm. there were two absolutely world-class left-hook knockouts. I don't know which one's better. Um, Gabriel Flores, Brian Mendoza landing some absolute bombs. I've stuck them on our Twitter feed yeah. at Fight Disciple. Go and have a little bit of a nosy because it's literally switching out the lights. Both of them tremendous. Yep. I'm sure you'll uh, get excited once you see them if you have not seen them as of yet. Uh, now then, news from the world of boxing this week. We've just been mentioning uh, lightweights and super lightweights. Uh, it is looking like Nick's boy is getting a world title shot. Yeah, my baby. Boy. Uh, Devin Haney, Luke Campbell. The deal, I am told, is done. It just needs to be sanctioned by the WBC for the vacant title. Obviously, Devin Haney is now signed to Matchroom. Um, they've obviously done the deal between themselves with Luke Campbell, obviously being a Matchroom fighter as well. Uh, and they have proposed a certain deal to uh, to the WBC, and all it needs now is sanctioning for the WBC vacant uh, lightweight belt. That is all. What will happen with Tiafimo Lopez? Well, he is going to be taking the route of uh, the IBF. As we know, Richard Comey is the IBF champion there. Richard Comey is going to be out, I think, in July. Uh, also in July, Lopez will fight an eliminator uh, with uh, Nakatani. Winner of that will then become the mandatory challenger for Richard Comey's belt. However, Richard Comey is currently chasing Vasil Lomachenko, who's going to be back in September. So that my boy Lopez might have to wait a little bit. He might not even get a shot at 135 because he's already said next year he's going up to 140. I would hope that he would get a shot at 135 before he does move up. But at this moment in time, that's how it's going to play out. You are probably looking to Fimo Lopez at the start of next year, maybe getting involved in this mix. Whereas Devin Haney, we're looking at July. Uh, and Richard Comey, who is hell-bent on fighting uh, Vasyl Lomachenko in their unification around September time. There you go. That's how it's all going to play out. Yeah, baby. Devin Haney and the new. The dream is real. You think he'll beat Luke? The dream is real. I think he... Do you know what? Love Luke Campbell to bits. Yeah. Cracking lad. Represented this country amazingly and f- come short in world title fights where you think, oh, a couple of extra rounds and Luke's world champion. And I, it kills me to say it because he's a Brit. I'm proud of him. But Devin Haney will school Luke Campbell. Do you think? You will school What him. about experience? Because Devil Luke Campbell, I know, he, I know he looks like a baby, but he's not. He's in his 30s now. And Devin yeah. Haney's still only in his early 20s. And I think that's the problem. Haney's 20 years of age. Fresh as the fucking And I just cunt. think he's fresh, super confident. Mm. You know, this is a guy with a shitload of ability, Devin Haney. A shitload of ability. Look at his amateur fucking pedigree. It's unreal. Mm. Absolutely unreal. So... Um, I think it's just come at the wrong time for Luke. This is the, you know, fighting fighting people who are, who, who are also at the back end of their career, world champions and stuff like that. Luke's looked amazing. But I think put him in with a young, hungry lion like I think Devin Haney, who's got skill coming in abundance. Luke's, I think not Luke's, mug. Luke's, I think, Luke's not mug. No, far from it. I just think Luke has slightly slowed down. He's slightly easier to hit than he was before. He's slightly more sluggish on his feet than he was before. I think Devin Haney does a number on him. I hope I'm wrong. I absolutely hope I'm wrong. So. I think it's a wonderful fight. I think it's a great fight. Mm. As Haney's still got a fight scheduled as well for the end of this month first. Mm. Mm. Um, what else was I going to say regarding fights getting made? Uh, Chris Algieri is going to be fighting Tommy Coyle. Boom Boom's on the undercard of Anthony Joshua. June, 1st, yeah. uh, June the 1st at Madison Square Garden. Delighted for him. The rise of Tommy Coyle. How can you not, first of all, not like him? He's just a top geezer, isn't he? Yep. And for him to be fighting a former world titleist in Chris Algieri... At Madison Square Garden. Fucking hell. The fruit and veg seller from Hull's having a worldie, isn't he? He's having the time of his life. I'll tell you something, there'll be a few people going over there and enjoying themselves. Joe Joyce, our mate, he's fighting Ustinov. Now, you'll see that and you'll think to yourself, fucking hell, it's a proper fight, that. 
Last time I watched Houston off, he looked shot to bits. Yes, he's got, he's still got power. Of course, he's still got power. But he's shot to bits. If Joe doesn't come through that, you ain't going to get Joe Joyce and Dubois. Joe will smash him to bits. He will smash him to bits. Uh, and that, but it is a great fight. And that's on the undercard of Billy Joe's son is on May 18th yeah. at Stevenage. Check this out, by the way. Do you remember that argument that I had a couple of weeks ago with you about Usyk being in the top five or top uh, where you put him as in the heavyweight rankings? Mm-hmm. And you said you can't put him in there if he hasn't already had a heavyweight fight? Mm-hmm. Do you remember that argument? Mm-hmm. Guess what the WBA have done? They can't rank him already. The WBA have put Alexander Usyk as number two in their rankings and he hasn't even had a knock yet. Come on! I know I slag the WBA off every single week, but when you agree with me, we're best mates. There you go. It's unbelievable. Usyk's the number two heavyweight in the world. How can you rank someone that's never Woo-hoo-hoo! fought in a week? That's fucking unbelievable. Because he's mustard. That's absolutely stupid. Nah, no, 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 no. Absolutely stupid. He's the bollocks. But does WBA last week put Hassan and Dam yeah. in their super middleweight rankings? I wonder why. Even though he hadn't fought. Number 15. Just squeeze him in at 15 because uh, Stick him in Callum in needs so a knock. Callum Smith can fight him, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Ridiculous, isn't it? That's what you need. Uh, Speaking of world title fights, I've heard a whisper on the wind. Our boy Paul Butler, no longer World Boxing Super Series first reserve for Glasgow. Really? Mm-hmm. I'm hearing uh, Nordin Udabali, who yeah. beat Roshi Warren, yeah. is looking for the first defence of his WBC bantamweight belt, and it could well happen in Eastern Europe. Could well. I, I know Udabali's from... France, but I think he's got Middle Eastern roots. Do you know what I love about you? And I think it could be a Middle Eastern when, job. When, when you listen, when you say I've heard a whisper, right? So you've spoken to Paul. <laughs> <laughs> listen, no. when, whenever you do anything that's connected to Liverpool or surrounding areas, you've spoke to him direct. Stop bullshitting people. I've heard a whisper. No, you haven't heard a whisper. <laughs> you've spoken to the fucking horse. Is what you've done. Let's just say the conversations yeah. are continuing. Right, you're off that to the Middle East. That could happen in the Middle East. <laughs> We're off to Baku. <laughs> Fair play to him. Mm. Fair play to him indeed. Um, we will be speaking, obviously, about that amazing card in Glasgow on May the 18th uh, next week, so make sure you come and join us. Oh, shit, that's week after next. Yeah. Triple G's teaming up with Jonathan Banks. What do you make of that? Jonathan Banks obviously guided uh, Klitschko through the latter parts of his career. Yeah. Um, I think it's an interesting move. I don't think it was the obvious one on the table. I think there was three or four names that everybody thought would probably be top of the tree, but then Jonathan Banks um, has got experience in huge fights, has been around, you know, multi-time world champions, and I think, you know, that that connection between... You know, Him and Eastern Europe as well? Eastern Europe and everything else, you know, he's, he's taken that style and moved it forward and developed it, and so, he, you know, he knows that kind of fighting style before, so... I like it. It also means that he goes, you know, he joins someone like a Freddie Roach or whatever, you're, you're, you're Golovkin, so you're going to get premier time, but you're not going to get full time where Jonathan Banks will go, fuck, I've got Golovkin mm. 24-7. And that's the difference. Interesting, man. Interesting mm. move. Mm. Obviously, Jonathan Banks quite happy to take cash up front rather than a, t- a percentage. But then when you're talking about the zones, 100 million dollars or whatever he's got, mm. 250 million dollars, whatever Golovkin's deal is. 100 million in over three fights. Even if it's not ten percent, you know, I'm sure Jonathan Banks. She was getting, getting, well, getting weighed in. Mm-hmm. She was getting looked after. Um, it was confirmed last week, even though we told you about it a couple of weeks back, uh, that Anthony Joshua will be fighting Andy Ruiz Jr. at Madison Square Garden on June the first. Obviously, Jarrell Miller, that fight fell off because he's a walking talking pharmacy. And there are a couple of names that were knocking about. I'm told that Eddie and uh, the guys at Matchroom wanted Michael Hunter. The zone told him to do one. It's not happening. Uh, and they wanted uh, an American. Based at heavyweight that has already fought a heavyweight and challenged 
at a decent level. They were obviously egging towards Luis Ortiz, but the Luis Ortiz thing was an absolute farce. Yeah. Basically, his management um, thought, I'll tell you what, we've only ever been paid 500 grand for a fight before. They've offered us 7 million. Let's see if we can get a bit more. No, yeah. you greedy fucks. Why didn't you just go, 7 million? Are you taking the pit? Yeah, snap your fucking hand off. Let's do it. Six weeks notice. He's not going to prepare for us. We're probably the best boxing southpaw in the heavyweight division. Let's get stuck in. Um, and that fight's just not happening for whatever reasons. No. Um, so it is Andy Ruiz Jr., which, out of all the people that actually did say yes to this fight, I actually think is the best option. Well, I don't know. I, I, I think I prefer Michael Hunter, to be honest with you. Do you? Yeah, I just think Michael Hunter... Maybe it's because he's he's fought over here, and we you know he fought in Monte Carlo, didn't he? So we've seen him a bit more up close and personal against Ilunga than um, Ustinov when he when he smashed Ustinov to bits. Um, so I I don't know. I, I liked Hunter, but maybe it was because I nailed my flag to be masked early on. I was like, yeah, it'll be Michael Hunter. So now it isn't. I feel I look like a bit of a dick. But Andy Ruiz Jr. thought come from come from sideways anyway. Mm. Um, the fact that he's no, he's got a loss on his record, and his loss was against Joe Parker. Doesn't look that good on paper to me. Where Michael Hunter, but he won that fight. Michael Hunter, one loss on his record was against fucking Alexander Usyk, yeah, and he went a distance. So at Cruiser, though, yeah, but no, there's fucking no shame in that whatsoever. Whereas Ruiz got outpointed by Joe Parker. Okay, it was in New Zealand, and it was highly contentious, but still. Listen, it's like for like. I think that's what they've gone for more than anything else. Of course, yeah, they've gone instead of a little fat. Black African American, they've gone for a little fat Mexican American. <laughs> it is what it is. I think very similar, AJ, aren't they? AJ Durable, high yeah. punch output, exactly, and, and incredible gas tanks for little fat men. But that is brilliant. That needs to be on their uh, bio on Twitter on Instagram. Incredible gas tank for a little fat man. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, I think AJ obliterates whoever. It doesn't. Uh, let's not get caught up too much in. Oh, it's Andrew Ruiz Jr., oh, it's Michael Hunter, oh, it's fucking Jarrell Miller. Doesn't really matter. AJ, whoever it is, is going to smash this person to bits in five rounds in New York to announce himself to the American audience to then try and become, you know, above Fury and above Wilder in mm. terms of the negotiations and all that kind of bollocks. It is what it is. Doesn't really matter who TBA is. It's not going to affect ticket sales. It's not going to affect the fight outcome. And Andy Ruiz Jr. will be, you know, the latest person to be stopped by Anthony Joshua. Mm. Simples. I think I've come full circle on the Anthony Joshua thing, by the way. Do you know, like at the back end of last year where I was maybe blaming him a little bit too much for certain fights not happening? Yeah. I think I've come a little bit full, full circle. Based, based mainly off the weekend. So if you look at the purses at the weekend where Canelo takes home $35 million and Danny Jacobs takes home $2.5 million. Now, mm-hmm. I know he's the zone deal will boost that up to around $10 million, right? Yeah. But it's still, what, a 30-60 split? Yeah, That's but right. Canelo was massively the A-side, though, isn't he? That's what I mean. Is AJ not massively the A-side in the majority of heavyweight yeah, but, fights? Yeah, but AJ's taking more than 18 million away. If Andy Ruiz Jr. is getting six, oh, eight, yeah. you better believe AJ's getting more than 18. It's probably more like 50. No, he's getting paid 30, similar to um, Canelo, Canelo. $35 million. That includes TV money? No, no, no. That's, that's his guarantee. That's his basic. That's his guarantee, yeah. So there you go, 50. Right, okay. But what I'm saying is, regarding fights that haven't been made in the heavyweight division, mm-hmm. why are people so overly concerned with how much Anthony Joshua is going to get? Gonna because it's, it's, it's like Ortiz. It's the perfect excuse. I think with Ortiz, it's the perfect excuse to go, well, we want more. Yeah, but you've only ever earned 300 grand. Now you want more than 10 million. Right, you want 10 million. So why is Anthony Joshua getting the shed? Because that's what is happening at this moment in time. There's a lot yeah. of fans out there that think, AJ's lowballing everybody. He ain't lowballing no fucker. No, everything, everything that I've been told, and I've been, listen, people might be lying to me, but everything yeah. that I've been told regarding offers that have been offered to people, I'm thinking to myself, why are they not taking those fights? It's fucking ridiculous. It's irrelevant that Anthony Joshua might clear 
50, 60, 70 million. Makes no difference. He's a commercial fucking colossus. He yeah, can yeah. earn whatever he wants. Yeah. If you've been offered 15 million and the most you've ever been paid is five or less, why are you not taking that five, 15 million in order to have a shot at those three belts? Why are you not doing it? I don't get it. Drugs. That's one answer. Drugs. I'm telling you now. It's drugs. There's drugs. There's greed. There's too much. Pe- too many people around. You can't throw... I personally now am at the stage where I can't throw a shade at Anthony Joshua because facts are facts. Over the last nine months... He's made offers to Wilder, Fury, White and Ortiz and they've all said no. Now, mm-hmm. they, they might all have their own individual reasons as to why they've said no. Yeah. But the fact is, he's made offers and they've all said no. So what's he supposed to do? How is he supposed to get them fights? Pay over the odds for shit? Would you pay over the odds for something if you didn't necessarily need it in your life? Would you? I don't think you would. I think fucking Dillian White's kind of mental turning down an Anthony Joshua fight for probably the same money he's going to get for fighting Oscar Rivas. He'll get, he'll get paid less. He was offered no five titles. Mi- he'll get paid five million, three titles on the line, Wembley, plus we're talking five million Wembley, base. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you had the pay-per-view on top. Yeah, you're talking five million base and then pay-per-view he'd, he'd on got, top. He'd got well more. He'd, sorry, he'd got well more for fighting AJ last month yeah. at Wembley than he's going to get for fighting Oscar Rivas. And Oscar Rivas is, in my dangerous. opinion, no. It's a way. I'll tell you why it's a way more dangerous fight. Because if he loses, he ain't, he ain't getting a world title fight. He's fucked. Well, if you lose to AJ, then uh, you know as long as you do well, yeah. then you can bounce back. You're still at the top. You the know, fans don't want to see it again. Let's go again. If you go the distance with him, who's gonna? Don't you think both Fury and fucking Wilder will both be on the phone going, "Fight me next," because I want to prove to the world you've just gone a distance with Joshua. Yeah. I'm gonna obliterate you. So you win a fortune. But by saying no and then saying yes to Oscar Rivas at the O2, yeah. which is a fucking dangerous fight. Like, respect, all the respect in the world for Dillian White for taking this fight. Because he could have just gone, I'm not fighting anyone then, Eddie. I'll just wait. Because I'm number one contender with WBC, yeah. the top contender with WBA. I, my chance will come. But he hasn't. He's thought, I'll fight Oscar Rivas, which is fucking insane. Absolutely insane. So. All credit for Dillian White for being a fighting man, but fuck me, Dillian. Whoever advised you to turn that AJ money down for Wembley Stadium, I hope they're no longer on the payroll. Mm. Stupid. What are you at regarding splits with the Fury AJ fight and the uh, and the Wilder AJ fight? Because again, a lot of people this week have been getting in contact with me saying it's 50-50 or, or 60-40. And I'm like, is it? I don't even know if it is. Because just the com- how much commercial power... Anthony Joshua holds in boxing. Mm-hmm. I just think, why why be concerned with what he's earning? Have you negotiations with him? Say, listen, I'm all right for 20 million. I'm all right for 30 million. I'm all right for whatever your figure is. Name your figure. Fuck what he's earning. I don't mm-hmm. give a shit what he's earning. Name your figure, name your price, and then get on with it. That's where I'm at with it. It's not like that, though, is it? Yeah, but why shouldn't it? Why is it not? Why, you, why is everybody concerned in what he's earning? Because they all want to be the A-side. But they're not the A-side. That's fact. Commercially, with their TV channels, they're being built as the A-side. But they're not. That's fact. They just aren't. There's a, there's, a, there's a rhetoric behind why Tyson Fury is the number one heavyweight on the planet. Not only because other heavyweights who sparred them all say the same, and a lot of pundits like us say, yeah, if they all fought each other, Fury ends up yeah, on top. right. However, commercially right now, AJ... Is on top. AJ's got all the belts. By a AJ's mile. getting more money than the rest of them. However, Fury in his mind, and everybody that's around him telling him he's the lineal champion, tell him but AJ wouldn't even be world champion if it wasn't for you, mate. You're giving up them belts and Yeah, but all that might boxing. be true. That all might be true. So but that's feeding the, his ego to but go. But in the real why, world. Why, why would I pay why would I play understudy to you? 
Why would I come in now? After Listen, you ain't took the big fight. I took the big fight. I went to America and fought Deontay Wilder. What did you do, shithouse? You did fuck all. <laughs> Stayed at Wembley, fighting at home, hand-picking your opponents. There's, there's the line. This is, the com- this is Team Fury's conversation. So why do you now give up to him? You, you took the chance. You rolled the dice. You beat Wilder. You got robbed by the judges. You're the guy. You're back. Tyson's the man. Why should you take less money than AJ? If AJ doesn't want to fight there, because nobody's... come over to top rank. Right. Come over to ESPN. Right. Because ESPN have gone balls deep now like okay. the zone have. Right. And in the world of boxing, everything that you're saying is bang on. Because we've been having the, we've been saying this all along, yeah? Mm-hmm. Boxing, if the argument is just boxing, yeah, it's 50-50, right? Yeah. But it ain't just boxing. That's not how this world works. This is a business at the end of the day. When so when in America they're only doing what three hundred three hundred fifty thousand pay per view buys, yeah. And Anthony Joshua's pulling one point five million buys here for the Parker fight here in the UK. Who's selling more? Mm-hmm. Who's selling more tickets? I know the I know nobody wants to hear this. I know everybody's screaming at the podcast right now, going, "Catron, shut the fuck up!" It's fact. This is a business at the end of the day. Who brings more to the table? Anthony Joshua does. But it's that, as simple as but that. T- Team Fury and his ESPN deal and. You know, fucking Frank Warren and Bob Arum and everyone that's now around Fury will never accept that. Of they, they will won't. never accept that of opinion. They won't. So at some stage, just as Lennox Lewis has been saying, this is how the Tyson fight got made. AJ's got to say, everyone shut the fuck up, make the fight. That's all he's got to do. Everyone shut up. Every I don't care. I don't care. Make the fight. Because if they say that, then Fury, they'll come back and go, listen, this is how it's going to work. We're going to do a two, a joint like they did with Lewis and Tyson. Both TV stations are going to carry it. Both TVs are going to... So ESPN can have it on ESPN+. Plus. The Zone can have it on The Zone. And if you subscribe to either, you get to watch the fight or however you, you want to do it. We'll do a pay-per-view. You do pay-per-view. And Fury keeps ESPN money. He keeps The Zone money. We get sponsors in that are going to boost it by another 100 million, whatever it may be. But at some stage, Fury can't do that. Because Fury can't go, fuck it, make the fight 50-50. Because I guarantee if 50-50 was on the table from Team AJ, Tyson, Team Tyson Fury would take 50-50 right now. But it's not on the table. Tyson Fury's team are going, we'll have 50-50. AJ's team are going, fuck that, we're the A-side. You're looking at 65-25 or 60-30 or whatever it is, 70-30, whatever it may be. That's the conversation. Until, this is why it comes back to AJ. Until AJ does a Lennox Lewis and goes out, everyone shut the fuck up All right. and get out All right. make the fight. All right then. That's what, what he's got to do. Why would he? Legacy. Right. What, how much more money does he need, Adam? He must have hundreds of millions in the bank already. I agree. I agree. What does he need okay, to do? What's so, a, so, why did he get into boxing? All right, then. Not to fucking own so, a country. Not to do... He got into boxing to become a champion. He became Olympic champion. So when do you do it? When's the moment? Whenever he feels right. Now. Feels right. Now feels right. Get it. Get Fury now. He's only had one real fight in fucking four years or whatever it is. Five years. Get him now. But then the problem is, AJ's gone, fuck him. I, I, listen, I, I, maybe already AJ's gone, Eddie, just make the fight. And he's gone, whoa, whoa, no, 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 Mr. Cash Cow. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Back the fuck up. We will make the fight, but it's not in our interest to make it now because we're all fucking driving the gravy train. Yeah. If we lose, ESPN win. The Zone lose. That's where we're at right now. And the Zone, ESPN and fucking PBC's deal in the middle as well. You've got three of these massive deals in America where these big, huge corporations are putting billions or multi-hundreds of millions into boxing, and there's three of them, and they're all sitting around the table, and they're all going, I mean, more, yeah, more, raise it, I'll raise it, I'll raise it. They're playing cards. It's Game of Thrones. It's Game of Thrones. And you know what? I think by the end of this year, one of them's going to die, like Game of Thrones. 
Someone always dies. Someone always, big character always dies in the season. And it'll either be Matsum, PBC, or Top Rank. One of them can't, they can't all keep spending like this. Can't all just keep putting money in. Someone's going to go belly up. Someone's going to fucking pull out. Someone's going to go, ah, you know what? It's getting too big for me now. And if it's the zone, and the worst way for that to it happen... It won't be the zone. It won't be the zone. They've got fucking deep, deep pockets from crazy places, talking mate. About, talking about ESPN? Mate. ESPN's the fucking biggest sports network on the planet. The biggest provider of anything online in the world is the geezers that own the zone. It's mad, isn't it? Proper Game of Thrones. Al Heyman's, Al Heyman's fucked. <laughs> but Al Heyman's been spending money like I it's know, fucking going out of fashion the last few years as well. Like he won't want to back off. It's crazy. And, and something's going to happen. But I, I think that's the problem at the moment. I think, I think AJ may well have said to Eddie, fucking just make the fight. But Eddie's gone, no, no. There's a reason why I'm here. We will make the fight. There's a reason why Tyson Lewis was fucking three or four years late. There's a, there's a certainly reason why Mayweather Pacquiao was five years late. Because the people around Mayweather were like, don't want to fight him yet, mate. It's too much of a risk. It's not going anywhere. We'll fight him. We'll fight him when it's right for us. When we've made as much money as possible. When we when you've been at the top of the Forbes list for five years and he's fucking down there, right, puppy dog, we'll have you now. When you're finished. Unfortunately, that's politically where it's at. And it's, it's a shitter because we were like, if they all fight each other, fuck everything else. Fuck any other sporting event that goes on that year. It's the biggest thing. The heavyweight, tri- the, the trio of those heavyweights fighting each other would dominate world sport and we would be literally at the top of the fucking mountain going, boxing is the greatest sport in the world ever. And we'd have, we'd have right to do so because it'd be making the biggest numbers. But unfortunately, there's just too many, too many hands in too many pockets and it's just not going to happen right now. And it's a killer. Mm. It's a killer. One thing that is happening this week, Jordan Gill. Have you yeah, not, baby. Have you seen Team that? Gill, we back. We back. Have you seen that uh, me and Gill are mates now? <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> listen, listen, we're tight, mate. Jordan texted me and was like, seen this, seen this clown trying to get on the team bus? Listen, he knows. Uh, me and Nick are going to Nottingham on Friday night for a little bit of next gen. Yeah, man. Uh, Jordan Gill is uh, on there doing his thing and his mate, his best mate, the lad that he lives with, Lee Wood. Uh, he's um, top of the tree in his home city. Should be a good little card, this. There's some quality talent on there. I just want to have a quick uh, chat about Dalton Smith, because he's on there. He's making his pro debut. This is a kid that won everything uh, in the amateurs. Uh, I met him last Wednesday up in Sheffield. We had a little bit of a chinwag. Really nice lad. Absolutely hell-bent, focused um, on the professional game. The reason why he's turned over is because in the amateur game, if you don't know, there's been a little bit of... uh, uh, poundage shifting when it comes to weight categories and he didn't believe that he could make the weight category below and he was too small for the weight category above so therefore he didn't necessarily think it was uh, well worth him continuing obviously onto the Olympics and what have you so he's turned pro mm-hmm. uh, he's going to be fighting at super lightweight the kid is there's another one there's another young lad that we're uh, that we're talking about yeah. in and around these weight categories 135 140 pounds um, he's he's Listen, everybody that I speak to that has followed his career in the amateurs speaks extremely highly of him. I'm looking forward to seeing him do his thing. He's got a style that you would think transcends beautifully into the professional game. And on Friday night, you get uh, you get to see it first time because we're going to Nottingham to watch him. I can't wait. Really looking forward to it. Really looking forward to Jordan progressing along. And Tonoko as well is a good opponent. Really good opponent. You know, I know this is a defence of Jordan's WBA interim belt or international belt, whatever it's called. But Tonoko has been in with my boy Devin Haney. 
in the Jordan's time. So he's an experienced kid. He's a campaigner. I'm fully expecting Jordan to need to go the full 12 rounds with him. Mm. But I think that's why Tanoko's been uh, brought in as an opponent because he stands up, but he survives rounds. As I say, went the distance with Devin Haney, who's a fully blown lightweight. So um, Tanoko's as tough as they come, and I think, but, you know, Jordan's the man, isn't he? How, how funny is the fact... Jordan Gill and Lee Wood mm-hmm. live in the same house. They, 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 I've seen the documentary. Yeah, it's they, funny. They share bunk beds. Well, yeah. bunk bed, you know, you get the gist. Double bunk beds they've got. Yeah. Um, the opponent that Lee Wood is fighting at the weekend, Mr. Doyle, if you remember, Mr. Gill took him to pieces um, only a few months back. So I've no doubt they've been swapping notes uh, yeah. over, a, over a bowl of pasta over the dinner table, haven't they? Uh, for uh, Lee Wood's big uh, showcase event in Nottingham. Quite nice as well that Lee was on the undercard in Peterborough. Yeah, and now he and now Jordan's supporting his mate in his home city of uh, of Nottingham this weekend. I love these next gen shows because it's no pressure on these lads, young lads coming through, and it's basically a showcase to the fans of saying, "Listen, look at this now." Yeah, it's not one of our big Saturday night shows, but this is the next generation of guys that, in a few months, few years time, they will be headlining our Saturday night shows here in the UK. Yep, can't wait for it. Looking forward to it. I like mm. Nottingham. Early hours of... Do you, know, do you know Nottingham is the home Here he of, goes now. I know what he's going to say. Go on. It's the home of the only Hooters in the UK. I've been in it. Have you? Yeah. Yeah, I've been in it. I've been. I th- what I thought you were going to say there was the ratio of females to males. That's not true, though. It, it was two about fa- about ten years ago, I At think. the university, it was. Yeah, supposedly. Four, four to one. Yeah, everyone used to be fucking fighting to get to Nottingham, <laughs> didn't they? Because of the ratio from boys to men. I don't think it's like that anymore, though. Boys to men? Ratio to ratio boys girls to men? To boys, what are you getting into? <laughs> whatever, hey, whatever lights your candle, son. <laughs> um, Saturday night, or the early hours of Sunday morning here in the UK, my boy, Janet Hurd, is back in action um, against J-Rock. Old uh, mac and cheese head. Yeah, mate. Yeah, but he's fucking mustard, he's fucking isn't he? excellent, yeah. Uh, really having said that, though, when I did see him live, I kind of jinxed him a little bit. Yep. Uh, because I saw him live on the undercard of Fury Wilder, and he had a solid time. Absolute solid time. Um, and this fight of the weekend's a cracker. J-Rock Williams is uh, legit. Jared Heard, top of the bill. ITV4 is showing it. There you go. Live and free for you in the early hours of Sunday morning, so make sure you tune in to that. Should be a good one. Yeah. Listen, I think, don't forget, Jason Wellborn turned up in L.A., uh, he put December. it on him, mate. He put it on him. Uh, yeah, ex- well, he did exactly what he should do. He got a world title fight from pretty much no more, nowhere at Welburn. And he turned up and he fucking put it all on the line. And that's what you do when you have a world title. And I think Jared Hayde just got caught on the hop a little bit because on paper, this was a brush over opponent for him. Yeah. And I think Welburn put it on him and he thought, fucking hell, all right. I can't cruise to a, a, you know, a third gear fucking victory. I'm going to have to step up the gears. And once he did step up the gears, obviously Welburn couldn't live with him. So incidentally, Welburn's just been matched up with my boy, JJ Metcalf as well. I saw that. For the uh, Frampton Barry undercard in Leeds. Warrington. Be a crack of that, you know. Warrington Barry. Sorry, yeah. Warrington versus Barry. Fucking hell. Where's me at that today? Uh, that's a cracker. Mm. Welburn versus JJ Metcalf. That could steal the show, I'm telling you. Um, I'm, I haven't seen the TV rights for this, but I'm assuming that it will be Box Nation because they always pick up uh, Isaac Dogby's fights. Yeah. Uh, it's the rematch uh, with uh, Navarrete this weekend. Oh, I'll be watching that behind a cushion, I've got Same. to be honest. The first fight was horrendous. Now, I'm going to put this down to Isaac Dogby going in there and maybe overlooking him and starting talking about people like Daniel Roman and, uh, and Vargas and people like that in his weight category that he wanted to unify the division with. He lost his WBO title to Navarrete. It is the rematch. I just hope he's a lot more switched on. He doesn't defend as many shots as he did with his first because Navarrete fucked him up. He's a hard-hitting boy. Um, I'm looking forward to it, but it's very similar to you. I'll be doing it from behind the sofa, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I just don't see what 
Hopefully you're right. Hopefully Isaac did take his eye off the ball, but I think Navaretti was fucking excellent that night. And Navaretti kind of, it was kind of his coming out party. Yeah, yeah, He's a yeah. world champion. And I think Navaretti will come away with that with so much confidence. And, you know, I think, was it a late stoppage last time or did he win on points, Navaretti? Yeah, he just battered the living just, daylights. He just beat the fuck out of him, didn't he, to win on points, yeah. And I think this time it wouldn't surprise me if he stopped Dogbo. Because if I remember rightly, Navaretti looked like two weight divisions above. He's yeah. just well taller. Yeah. He's got long arms and he punches with venom as well. Well, if you remember Isaac's face afterwards, just beat the, it, yeah. it ballooned up like a yeah. bloody... Hopefully, ball, listen, it? hopefully Isaac was looking past them. Hopefully he, he turns up here, but I think Navaretti... For me, this time we'll probably get the stoppage victory. Mm. I'm really looking forward to the main card, actually. What? The main event, Chelt and Vargas. That's a rematch. The first fight was a fucking cracker. Mm. Berchelt stopped them, I think, in the eleventh or the twelfth round, right at the end. But it was a belter up until that point. So the main event there is going to be brilliant. This is ESPN in the US, so yeah, more than likely on t- on Box Nation, Nation. Hopefully, there you go. Lots of uh, stuff in the early hours of Sunday morning for you to get stuck into Box Nation and a bit of ITV4. Don't miss Janet here because he is mustard. Uh, and Friday night. Is uh, your boxing in the UK? Nottingham. We're going to be in Nottingham. Anyone go. fancy a bit of Nottingham action? There you go. Here to add them up, you'll get the island. Four to one, boys to men. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for listening to us. Absolute pleasure. Make sure you subscribe via iTunes. You're looking for Fight Disciples. If you could write us a nice little review on there, that would be much appreciated as well. It helps us with our visibility in the iTunes chart. If you need an Android feed or Spotify or Google Plus or whatever you need, it's all on our website. Uh, fightdisciples.com at fightdisciples on Facebook and Twitter and our Instagram is at the fight disciples hopefully you enjoyed on our YouTube channel last week uh, the lovely Scott Fitzgerald the madman himself um, he's done some mad views loads of people getting stuck into it so thank you very much if you're taking the time to watch that he's a fucking lunatic um, and he's gonna be- basically what happened was at the end of it because we were doing that particular interview for a radio show, he said, lads, come to the gym so I can proper swear next time. That's leg- legitimately how the interview finished, wasn't yeah. it? Uh, so Nick's going to spend some time uh, go, yeah. up in Preston. He's going to have a night out with uh, Scott Fitzgerald. I don't know whether I'm up for a night out, right? But... <laughs> get it filmed. Get it filmed. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.